Well, departing from the gospel uh, in light of today's commemoration of St. Ignatius of Antioch, I thought it would be good to focus on our first reading from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. And uh, I'm doing that because, uh, interestingly enough, we have uh, seven letters from St. Ignatius of Antioch, and one of them is to the Ephesians. So I thought I'd take Ignatius's letter to the Ephesians and pair it up with Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now, Ignatius was one of the first bishops, uh, very well could have been appointed by the apostles himself. He was martyred, um, he was a bishop of Antioch, which is out in the, you know, basically it's kind of like north of the Holy Land, and uh, it's still on the, the Mediterranean coast, basically. Um, he was arrested by Roman soldiers, and he was escorted by land and by sea across the Mediterranean world to, to all the way to Rome, and he was um, killed in the amphitheater in Rome, probably the Colosseum, uh, which is pretty much still standing to this day. You can go and see the Colosseum in Rome, and, and that's where uh, Ignatius would have been martyred. Um, he would have been, you know, at that time, they had very in, inhumane uh, forms of entertainment. They had gladiators killing each other, and then you had wild beasts that would be set loose upon criminals and um, gladiators and slaves. And so Ignatius being considered uh, a criminal, he was put into the Colosseum and the wild animals were, were let loose on him. But as he travels, though, in this company of Roman soldiers, he actually, they give him enough freedom to, uh, to have, to receive visitors from the various churches that he passes by. And so oftentimes he'll have deacons or he'll have presbyters. Today we call presbyters priests. He'll have deacons or he'll have priests or even a bishop of a given uh, particular church come and visit him in prison. And uh, they'll, uh, they'll take one of his letters. And so he wrote these letters and he's, he is, he's, there's seven of these letters that exist. And one of them is to the Ephesians. Ignatius was martyred around the year 107 or so. St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians around the year 62 or so. That's about a 45-year difference. It's interesting, okay? So if you think about it, there probably were many people who were alive uh, in the day when St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, okay, who knew St. Paul and were and benefited from his ministry. And then they were still alive when Ignatius uh, wrote his letter to them. So let me ask this question. Is there anybody here... Uh, that was, I don't know, Evelyn or Dom, how long you've been, or Sandy, how long uh, you guys have been part of St. Michael's, uh, but were you here 45 years ago? Yes. You were? Yeah? Okay. So so think about that. I mean, it just we have people sitting right here, you know, who very well, the Apostle Paul could have been ministering to you 45 years ago, and then 45 years later you've got um, this other um, bishop. So that shows you how the, how close the connection of the apostles and the bishops are. Okay, so here's Bishop, the Bishop of uh, Antioch, and he's writing to the Ephesians. Okay, and uh, Saint Paul in his epistle to the Ephesians talks about um, the ruler of the power of the air. Who do you guys think that is? The ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the disobedient. The devil, yeah, the ruler of the power of the earth is another term for the devil. So the the air in the ancient 
cosmology and concept of how things were structured, the air was the space between the surface of the earth and the moon. And so the, the concept basically is that the devil ha- is a ruler. He has a kind of a jurisdiction over all of that territory. Okay. So he's almost, he almost intervenes between the higher heavenly realms where God and the angels are, so to speak, and the human world on the surface of the earth. And uh, Christ becoming incarnate basically pierced that um, kind of uh, barrier, that demonic, satanic barrier, and he came to earth and he liberated mankind and he set them free so that they would no longer have to be subject to this this, um, evil power. And um, St. Ignatius, I'm going to read you two passages of his epistle to the Ephesians, okay? So these, he's writing to the same people who received St. Paul's letter 45 years earlier. He says, um, <clears throat> Therefore it is fitting that you should live in harmony with the will of the bishop, as indeed you do. For your justly famous presbytery, meaning the group of presbyters or the priests, Worthy of God is attuned to the bishop as the strings to a harp. Therefore, by your concord and harmonious love, Jesus Christ is being sung. Now, do each of you join in this choir, that being harmoniously in concord, you may receive the musical key of God in unison and sing with one voice through Jesus Christ to the Father, that he may both hear you and may recognize through your good works that you are members of his Son. It is therefore profitable for you to be in blameless unity in order that you may always commune with God. And then he says later on, Seek then to come together more frequently to give thanks and to glorify God. For when you gather together frequently, the powers of Satan are destroyed and his mischief is brought to nothing by the concord of your faith. There is nothing better than peace by which every war in heaven and on earth is abolished. And uh, so you have this uh, beautiful metaphor that Ignatius uses, and he has this musical instrument, and the harmony between the bishop and his priests is like that between the strings of a harp and maybe its frame or so. And then all of the, the laity are basically like a choir singing in chorus and in tune with this, with this harp. And the music that they make is Jesus Christ. Um, and so we know what happens when Patty's not here, how we sound, you know. So, and it, you know, we need, you need that kind of leadership. And so the bishop and the priests are, are that kind of leadership and they're able to then bring everybody in concord with one another and thereby, uh, the power of Satan is destroyed. So it's, it's so important to be in harmony with our bishop, with our, our clergy, with one another, not to speak evil against each other, to give each other the benefit of the doubt, and to gather frequently, as we do, for the Eucharist every day. It's a beautiful thing that we have, and thereby uh, the power of the devil is destroyed, and the spirit that's now at work in the disobedient, the ruler of the power of the air, his authority comes to nothing. <clears throat> 